welcome to your property podcast, the last one of 2019, I believe, the last one of the decade. And as we sort of go into the Christmas season and time for relaxing, thought we would have our resident YPN book reader and book reviewer, uh, Raj Berry, to sort of talk about books and what's good to read over the Christmas period while you've got loads of time off. And as usual, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Michelle. Hello, how are you? Hello, Harry, how are you? <laughs> I'm counting down the days. I'm going on holiday next week. And I'm counting down the days till I'm in the sun. Well, we're going to be talking about what books you're going to be reading in the sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Raj, hello. How are you? Good morning. Let's talk about books. books. Top books of 2019. Raj, what would you say your favourite book you've read this yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, obviously, for YPN, I do the regular monthly book reviews. In the past, and I haven't done it this year, uh, I don't know for what reason, normally I chuck in the odd personal development book that's had a real impact. I don't know, you know, I've not, not, not done that this year. So pretty much uh, all 12 books, obviously, is a book review a month, uh, have been property related. And it's really interesting. I get this asked quite a lot when I'm at meetings. Um, so what do you do? If somebody sends you a really bad book <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah I just don't review it because I'd rather not slate somebody uh, mm. you know, try to quietly forget it and hopefully they go away and uh, that's kind of that's kind of in the way because you don't know what's gonna you don't know what's gonna come through through your door so the book reviews generally are me spotting something uh, it might be on Amazon actually sometimes I've just spotted something um, and then I've requested it from the person who's, uh, uh, who's written it to say, look, you know, I do this. Um, other times, you know, people send it to um, the editor, Jane, and then she forwards it to me. So generally we get through 12 books and I've done 12 this year. Um, and they will cover lots of different sort of uh, topics to do with property. And I think it's important as a book reviewer not to be, not to lose sight of the fact that some people will have just started in property and not to lose sight of the fact that some people don't want to do big projects, don't want to do HMOs, don't want to do commercial and they're quite happy to build up a, a portfolio along the way of say buy to lets. So and not to exclude those readers just because they're not doing the big things if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so in terms of the favourite ones I think the way to sort of maybe think about this is maybe just cover those. And I'm, uh, one of the ones I'll touch on, we'll touch on the big projects first, because uh, I've sort of got a little bit of interest in uh, more commercial developments myself, uh, hopefully to start something next year. So I did review a book um, that was written by Glenn Delph with Mark Homer. Um, and yeah, I have to admit something, you know, there's a little bit of bias. If I'm getting interested in something, uh, then it's my uh, review's prerogative <laughs> to you know uh, bump up that book a little bit if that makes sense yeah Whereas if I get it in April and sometimes I mean at the moment I've got six books uh waiting to be reviewed and I only do one a month so sometimes I'll bump it up you know because uh I, I'm interested in that topic mm. uh, sorry I've admitted it now on air <laughs> <laughs> so uh because I was interested in commercial I just happened to get two or three uh, around the same time uh, to do with commercial developments. Now, I'm not going to obviously, you know, slate the ones that were not helpful to the readers because I think the other thing, the other thing people forget when they're writing a book, and it's a, sometimes the same, uh, Ang Harrod, with when people are giving talks. Okay, mm. 
I forget, who's the talk for? Is it for yourself when you just happen to be standing there? Or is it for the audience? Okay. Yeah. Because if it's for the audience and you've totally not prepared well and bamboozled them and you can't see the fonts, well, like I was always taught in, in corporate, you failed, okay? Because the audience has just shook his head and gone away home thinking, no, I'm sort of word of that. It was just so full of text, you know, it is 100 miles an hour. And I think something similar with books, people just don't often think, you know, what's the font, the layout? Uh, have I got any images in it? Okay, yes, it costs a little bit more to put images in. And they'll just bamboozle their way through, you know, two, 300 uh, pages. And for the reader, who I presume it's, it's designed for, uh, I don't think it's really helpful at all. Uh, the content's there, but you can't assimilate it because it's just not, I don't know, readable, okay? Uh, visually, it's not readable. So I always keep an eye out for books that might be simpler, but have a much more of a visual layout and much easier to follow. So the commercial to residential conversions book by uh, Mark Homer and Glenn Delve, um, which I read and reviewed earlier this year. I thought that was really, really good. And I, I was expecting it to be bamboozled. So his, his, the commercial, uh, commercial uh, to residential conversions, I thought they wrote it really, really well. Uh, it was well-structured. Yes, it was a bit simple in the sense that, you know, they didn't bamboozle, but it covered a lot of stuff. And I think for people like me and others looking to get into commercial, not done sort of particularly commercial projects before, yeah, I thought it was a good combination of fact, uh, their own story, which people often do ramble on about, but, you know, it's important uh, because to, to, to know where they came from and what background they had. So I, I would say, you know, I'll split them as we go through the sort of podcast today. The commercial side of it, uh, I thought, you know, that particular book was very, very good. It covered the terms uh, in a simple way. It was very readable. Um, yeah, so a very readable book for me. What did you take away from it? Um, a couple of things, uh, because I know you've done a bit of commercial stuff, Michelle, and, you know, I've stuck very much to residential, which is kind of where, you know, my expertise is. And that's been fine. You know, we've achieved what we want to, just want to do a bit more. Uh, I think what it was uh, for me, and sometimes if you're the reader, uh, you know, we're talking about books, different books will resonate with different people. So I can only obviously say from my point of view, I was getting a little bit confused, if you like, overwhelmed, you know, you, you know that feeling, Michelle, on, on Mastermind Overwhelm. <laughs> it, it's the same, it doesn't stop. When you switch to something else, okay, and I, you know, I don't get overwhelmed by residential investments anymore. Uh, I was getting bamboozled because I'm overwhelmed, thinking, my goodness, I didn't realize there were so many things in the commercial sector. And actually, just like, you know, we have to, when we're doing, say, starting a resi, you have to make a decision to say, well, I can't do everything. So, you know, what am I going to zone in on? And I think it, for me personally, it really helped because he talked about getting the, your first step on the development uh, sort of uh, ladder or the first, on the first rung of the ladder. And that was something he talked about in the book a lot about permitted development, okay? Projects that you can do under permitted development, okay? okay. So you don't need to wait forever for planning, okay? okay. And he, you know, I don't know Glenn. Uh, I have met Mark a few times. He actually helped me get my website, funnily enough, because he kept using a word and I was thinking, I'm not, I'm not a very creative person. I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to call the company? Or Because that's going to mean that, you know, I need something to create the website and the business cards. So I was racking my brains and I thought, you know what, I just cannot, I don't, I don't know what the name to give it. And he kept using one particular word right throughout to try and get the readers to encourage them to A, 
pick certain a certain aspect of property development and decide geographically where where they're going to apply their trade. Is it going to be all over the UK? Uh, and actually, that led to the name of you know had to as I say had to have a name for the website. So the word he used was niching to niche into something. Okay, and he meant that from is it planned with and without planning? Is it buildings but you need planning or permitted development right? You know which way are you going to do it? And he said it's very very important that you niche into something as quickly as possible and become expert in that area. Okay, and his advice to people starting out, which obviously is what resonated with me is basically to um, start with things that you don't need, uh, you don't need planning for. Um, so that, that's where it really helped me. And of course, the website is Niche Property Developments, would you believe? Okay, so there you go. So I t- literally took and I thought, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, that, that fits. So it, yeah, for me, it was, and that's kind of, you know, as a reader, especially with factual books, you're going to maybe take action on something you've read, okay? Uh, less so in fiction, obviously, but for some books that you read, you know, that, that sort of resonate with you. You think, yeah, that makes sense. That's something I need to, you know, go away and do. And, and you know, that's always quite good, isn't it? It, uh, it, it encourages you to take some action in, in the right direction. And uh, it's something that you can sort of tick off. So his word, continual use of niching yourself, um, you know, led to me being able to sort of move forward on that side. But overall, I found it a really, really good book, actually, and for lots of reasons. And, uh, yeah, I mean, people listening to this podcast, I would say if you if you're looking to get into commercial, um, yeah, definitely want to, to, to have a good read off. Uh, are there any sort of ones for people who might not um, have decided on a strategy yet? Just sort of a, a general overall property book. Is there one that you can recommend um, for somebody who, you know, hasn't made that choice yet? I mean, the, the, the interesting thing there, Angarad, is that, I, I know, you know, so as I, said it, I said it at the start, is that... Um, you know, there are lots of different things and some that you can do in property and opinions will vary depending mm. on whether you've had, you know, like me and Michelle have had training. So you get exposed to lots of different, different things more quickly. Uh, if you're starting without any, any training, then typically risk profile and all the rest of it. And I don't think there's anything wrong in this um, uh, in terms of cutting your teeth on buy to let. Okay. Because yes, the rewards are a lot less yeah, and I've been through that cycle myself. The rewards are a lot less in the sense of financial, but the risks are a lot less as well, okay? You can make a few mistakes and not get wiped out, uh, and you can learn the ropes, and you can, you know, I don't think there's any shame in building it step by step, okay? You don't want to uh, lose your shirt and, and just dive in because you've been on a one-day course and everybody's, you know, going on about this, that, and the other. So I think for people starting out, as you said, I think, buy to let is is a is a great great place to start a lot of lenders won't lend to you unless you've got some landlord experience anyway okay mm-hmm. so uh, for a buy to let book bizarrely i've just reviewed it so it's coming out and okay next year i've done it so uh rob smallbone wrote uh, a buy to let book and um no disrespect to rob i've actually emailed him to congratulate him on a great book okay he's taking the time um to lay it out brilliantly okay very readable it's more costly to put images in. I know it is, but, you know, he's put tables, he's put images. He's obviously taken some time to, to do that. And I think that kind of book, you know, where somebody's taken the effort. So, yeah, Buy to Let, uh, it's called by uh, Robert Smallbone. It is coming out in January because, you know, I've done the book review. So it is kind of early next year, but it, available in all good bookshops right now. <laughs> kind of thing. No, very, very good book. And, yeah, he does introduce other 
And that's the thing with book reviews. I think for the property ones, I think if you're, call it niching if you want, if you're just, if you're going to uh, write a book about something, then don't talk about stuff in that book and make it sounds as if you know something about that. Rob's been very good. He said, look, I know loads about, uh, lots about buy, uh, buy to let. I'm just going to focus on buy to let, but there are lots of other things you can do. I do come across a lot of books where, you know, I mean, you, you'll know this, Michelle, you'll, you'll see somebody write, you know, a whole chapter about marketing strategies of how to find motivated sellers. And you're sort of thinking, you've written a page there. Have you ever had any, got any deals? Or is this all theory? They don't make it clear. Not at all. And so, you know, I, that's the other thing I think generally in books, I think people should make it clear. Look, this is what I did earlier. Okay. Just so readers can get it that actually, yeah, I've done this bit of marketing and yeah, I've got a deal uh, through it rather than just, this is just a shopping list of things I know that you can use for marketing, but actually I've never sort of done it. So, uh, yeah. So in terms of a good general read for everybody, you know, buy to let by Rob Smallbone, I would say is, is, is an excellent, uh, you know, if you're starting out, I think it's a really, really good book. I'm sort of touching on what you were just saying that I've noticed that a lot of people will, it's like they have been on the courses or whatever, and they know what they should be doing and other, and then when they, when it comes to writing their book, they just sort of churn out secondary information that they might not have necessarily used. <laughs> So I think, I think you have to put it into context. If I, I mean, if I ever wrote a book um, and it's not on the list, um, I would make it very clear things that I, you know, if I'm describing stuff in there, I would make it clear that if I've wrote about something that I've done it personally. And I would make it clear that if I'm writing about something, let's say I wrote a chapter on service accommodation. Okay. Nothing wrong with me doing that. You know, I've got a lot of factual knowledge about essay. I might uh, chat to a couple of people doing essay. But I would make it very clear that it's not something uh, I've actually personally done. And this is a case study that's come from Michelle or, or from, from somebody else, uh, just so that the reader doesn't sort of, I don't know, just get, yeah, just assumes that, you know, the writer is, you know, well, God, he's done everything kind of thing. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's really, really important to do. Yeah. Uh, and what about, um, you know, to, is the measure for you of a, of a good book something that is inspiring so you can think, okay, wow, I didn't know that and that's like really useful now or like what you said before about actually that book that you said about um, Glenn Delvin abroad more actually took you perhaps to take action in terms of deciding your niche. Um, there's two things, isn't there? Sometimes you think, you read a book and you think, wow, like, you know, like property magic, for example, that's like, there's, there's, there were so many things in there. I thought, wow, I, don't, I didn't know that. But then there might've been another book where it's actually um yeah it gave me specific step-by-step -step actionable targets and think okay now that, that was actually really useful yeah yeah i think there's it's a good point you make because some of it is obviously very factual um and that is kind of what you're looking for in a book um i'm very impressed by people you know i you know I'm, i read about in yp and i use the word impressed inspired is a much bigger word for me i have to say okay i'm inspired more by people who've made a difference in the world uh, than, than in the property world, personally, mm. okay? So, but I'm really impressed when I read about, you know, how people have gone from, from nothing. That, that, really, that really impresses me. Uh, inspiration for me is a, is a much, much higher sort of uh, level. But yeah, some, I, I think anything uh, that helps the readers, whether you want to use impressed or people who are inspired by inspired to take action, because at the end of the day, as we all know, you can read 
as much as you, you, you want. Um, go to as many webinars and day courses, if, unless you do what I call put the big A into, you know, it, you know, into being it, nothing. You got to go. Have, you're gonna have to go out there uh, and take that big action because it's just knowledge, isn't it? It's just knowledge. And mm. so, yeah, there is a combination. And, and some of the books, you know, um, they do go, they do go on about their personal story. Um, but then, you know, it's their book, and maybe I'm looking for more factual stuff. Um, so, and others, you know, say a little bit about their story, but then just get to the nitty gritty here's what you should be, you know, here's a step-by-step, -step, you know, of what, what you should be doing. So I think the book reviews that blow the trumpet for the YPM book reviews, because it's broken down into chapter by chapter, and it's all done in a page, uh, it's done partly for a reason, rather than me rambling on. It is to say, you can have a quick read of this, it's about 900 words, and you should be able to tell that actually mm -hmm. what the balance is, Michelle, between personal story and you know, the, somebody providing a step-by-step -step guide to, you know, if you're starting out, how to kind of do buy to let and it's, it's written clearly and, and you can sort of follow it clearly and it'll resonate with different people. I mean, I, you know, no disrespect, but if I'd seen Rob Smallbone's uh, book on the bookshelf uh, at Waterstones, I wouldn't have bought it, okay? And that's not because I know everything in buy to let, but it's not something I would particularly, uh, but I think for, obviously I'm doing it for the magazine. I would never exclude uh, what I would call, you know, books for the beginners, if you want to call it that, because I think for the readership, I think it's important to get a balance of, you know, things to, you know, you could do when you're starting out to more, more complex things uh, where, you know, where you might end up. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just, it is, it is interesting to find out where people come from, but the books I review, you know, the, they've got to have a fairly decent amount of factual content because they are factual books at the end of the day. You know, we're not reading fiction. It's uh, uh, and it's not a biography uh, of somebody. It is a property book, so you have to bring out your subject matter in a way that people can understand and then hopefully apply. So, so can we move on to like personal development books? Um, I'm a huge cynic, and I will openly admit to being a huge cynic. Me and Michelle have had so many debates about my cynicism. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. <laughs> um, so. What, where do you stand on personal development books? What do you look for when you want to buy one? How do you know that you need to read one? You know, you in the middle of a bad day, you go, oh, I really need some positivity right now. <laughs> so you pick up a book. like. Um, so, yeah, what's your process about those sort of ones? The thing is, I mean, I, I did training in solitary property about 12 years ago, and uh, I have to be honest, there wasn't a huge amount of chatter about personal development. So I, I think as an industry, it's blooming grown. And it's like, my goodness, where did that come from? And there's always a worry in the back of my mind. And, you know, I, I coach and mentor for Simon and I see it sometimes because, you know, the way the training has gone has changed. And sometimes I do, I think everybody needs to develop some sort of positivity. Okay. Um, and I'm going to be a cynic here myself. Here, I'm going to say, you're in good company. Don't worry about that. Um, and I think sometimes the the, the, the the sort of barometer swung the other way, okay? And people are so caught up in the mindset and this and that. And they're on a property training course. Yes, that is important. Uh, but actually, you know, have you done any viewings and put any offers in? And they're just so caught in that whole kind of loop of, 
And, uh, you know, a typical question I guess, uh, embarrassingly, I have to say, no, I haven't. So the answer is, no, I haven't. What do you think the question is? <laughs> so, have you ever read one? <laughs> you know, have you done your wealth dynamics profile? Oh, even I've done that. <laughs> and, uh, to be honest, I, when I did it, I got, like, I was just like, have I really just spent 80 quid to do an essentially a BuzzFeed quiz? It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. You know, the thing is, and I'm talking from, obviously, because I started doing property that long, wealth dynamics wasn't even talked about, okay, when I did Mastermind with, with Simon, and I don't know when it, when Roger Hamilton appeared on the scene, but he did appear on the scene at some point, and over the years, it's just kind of grown, so I'm not, I'm not knocking it, and I think it's really useful to any tool that helps you is useful, okay, but what I get a bit uh, annoyed about is people sort of thinking that I can't judge somebody else i mean they'll say so how do you know your wife is good at that you know what's so well done are you thinking well because i know her okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I know i'm her. married to her and i live with her <laughs> yeah, exactly. people sort of thinking you know i need to have some sort of wealth dynamic stamp on her <laughs> and i know she's very good with people and talking to people because she's not had the property training uh but she's very good at that at that sort of thing so surprise surprise but she deals with the tenants because you know, I, I don't have a huge attention span for the tittle-tattle they'll talk about if I'm doing, you know, a property inspection, which I used to do before. But she's just very good at it. But do I need a Wealth Dynamics profile to tell me that? Probably not. And that actually extends to other people I know well. I think where something like that helps, and any personal sort of development, is if you don't know the person, it's to try and establish, you know, what their thought patterns are. And I, and I do read personal development, and you're asking what sort of things sit well with you. I'm not a very rah-rah, you know, uh, stand on the table, whooping. Uh, so that, I'm, I'm, that's cringe. Michelle is. Michelle's one of those. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, I strike the Kool-Aid. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. So, um, and I just don't. So I think it's very, it's quite American. It's kind of come across the pond. Uh, and so for the same reason, you know, because uh, a lot of books are on Audible, for example. So they're audio I've just never taken to Tony Robbins and, and people like that, okay, because it's all, it's all that kind of stuff. So personal development, I'm going to hold a book up now so you can see, you can't see the edge here. So my, my very favorite book, which I've probably read about a dozen times, is called oh, a, Slight, a Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. He is American, I have to add, but it's just such a, you know, uh, even-keeled, balanced read, which actually says... You know, and it is personal development, it's not property. You can do this. And Simon, Simon quotes from it, you know, and it is from that book because obviously that was one of the books. Well, I think he sort of recommends it. It's about, you know, talks about um, getting the right attitudes, not all the rest of it, but doing a little bit every day, okay, to move your pull forward. And I like that measured approach. Uh, and he talks about no quantum leaps, okay, no overnight success. No, so basically, to me, no three-day event and you're sort of, you know, happy clappy by the end of it. It's, it's not nature's way of doing it. It's the way to do it is to do it step by step as the learning curve, you know. So that's been a very, very good book for me. And I recommend it to everybody I sort of coach and mentor to say, look, calm down. Okay, read this thing. There is an um, audio version of it. And, you know, just start to fill your mind with some of the concepts that he's kind of sharing. And a lot of people will read personal development books, and I've read a fair number, 
Um, and when I read them, I'm thinking, well, you know, it's not, this is not your material. You've got to remember people like Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, Jeff Olson, they were all trained by Jim Rohn, okay, who's sadly passed away now. So, and they've then gone on and rebadged the way they want to. You, you listen to any Jim Rohn stuff, uh, Angara, and I recommend you, I'll send you some audio, okay? And he's American as well, by the way, so, but he's very measured and very calm about it. And I think Jeff Olson has stayed with that level of calmness, whereas others like Tony Robbins, they've gone off, you know, into a different way uh, of doing things. So I, I do think that those kind of books, um, I think they help you um, if, you know, uh, you need a little bit of m motivation because property books won't do that, unfortunately, because they're just not geared. Uh, yes, you get inspiration and, and all the rest of it from saying, oh, look what they've achieved. But I, I, do, I do think you need a little bit of that. Angra doesn't look uh, convinced here. <laughs> no, um, I've, well, I've actually, I've got the values, uh, not the value factor, the slight edge on my bookshelf. Um, but I've not read it because my dad read it a couple of years ago and he told me what it was about. So I was like, well, I don't need to read it because I know, <laughs> I know the premise. Yeah, so um, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's been a good one. And then something for the, uh, something for the older readers, <laughs> I would just say. Older readers. Yeah, like me. Um, so if you've been doing property, um, this is a question that gets asked again and again. Um, most people who stop property, you know, do it for a reason. And quite often it's to create time to do something else. Okay. Um, and for, and you know, when Simon does his training, the whole age range is, is varied, you know, from the very young to people who are, you know, a bit older. And one of the books that actually, and I'm on the a little bit older sort of side now. So, uh, so one of the most important things, um, and um, my mortgage broker actually sent me this book. So I, you know, it's, you know some books you, you do reread, don't you? The ones that really sit, you know, you think, okay, I'll just read that, you know. And it's this book here, which I'm going to put up. Uh, it's, called, uh, it's called Enough. Okay, it's called Enough. It's by Paul Armson, who's a financial advisor. And what he talks about is actually trying to, I suppose balance it out is probably the right, right word. And it, that's why I said it probably is more applicable to older readers, is that, uh, you know, what's his strap line? Um, life is not a rehearsal, so live it to the max. Okay, discover what your number is. That's the, that's the thing he uses. Number being your financial number. Um, another thing he talks about, uh, what you can do at 60, you probably won't be able to do at 70, okay? So it's a little bit, you know, uh, like that. But what he's actually trying to encourage you to do is, you know, do find out when you think you've got enough on a financial, he's a financial advisor, and don't leave it too late to go off and do whatever it is, okay? I mean, he, he likens it to, you know, you won't be able to run up the hills at 70, which you could at 60. And you might have been able to do that at 60, but do you know, okay? Mm -hmm. Have you done that financial analysis i mean he's not he's not i don't think he's trying to scare people we don't know on health wise what you know what's in store but what he's saying is don't keep just doing it doing it doing it and start to think actually i wanted to do some charity work you know and as you discover what your number is and um you kind of have got time to do it then for goodness sake you know do it soon as soon as you can so that, that's been a really good read for me and it's allowed me to sort of not be chasing stuff all the time because I have been working flat out on property for quite a long time. Um, and there are, you know, other things, Michelle, as you know, I do some singing and stuff. And so a little you do singing. Yeah, you don't know this, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's, it's not about that. It's about, you know, you need time to, to do that, to rehearse, to, to do that sort of stuff. 
uh, goes with any any hobby. So I, I think that that book has been uh, a, quite an interesting read in terms of just realigning a little bit and starting to put other stuff that takes time. You know, um, I let photography go uh, because of being busy with property. Um, started doing some charity stuff again. Uh, there's lo loads of other things that you can do alongside um, uh, property, but you've got to know that actually, uh, you know, have I got enough more or less? How do you know that? How do you know that? So that's kind of what that book is about, really, just trying to discover, you know, what your number is and, um, you know, uh, going off and to do, to do other things uh, unrelated to the day-to-day -day grind, basically. Yeah, so that's a good, been a very good read. When is enough enough? Yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah, a little bit of that. I think there's, there's a balance there, Michelle, that, you know, you've got to kind of strike because, you know, you know you'll know, uh, you'll come across people, you know, people who kind of fully retire and they go downhill quite quickly. So I think mental stimulation you know, up until, you know, it, I think that's important. So that's probably why I will never fully say, you know, I'm off, you know, uh, thanks. Nice to know off. Sit on, a, sit on an island somewhere, fully retired. I don't think I'll get to fully retired ever because I, I need that mental stimulation through reading, doing stuff for YPN, doing stuff for Simon, chatting to people at meetings, the full engagement of the brain making me think, think, you know, stuff. So that part of it, won't, won't really won't really stop so that that enough will never be reached but on a financial footing i think you have to think about it at some point yeah i have despite my cynicism read a couple of sort of i don't know in inverted commas personal development <laughs> uh personal favorite being the subtle art of not giving a fuck <laughs> Nina, you can bleep that out <laughs> uh by mark madsen and it's essentially you have your fuck bank <laughs> and you decide what you want to spend your time caring about I suppose and so about choosing your battles so that was actually quite a quite a good one for me I I enjoyed that it put it in a way that <laughs> it tailored to my cynicism I think what was there a bit about judging I mean I haven't read it but uh, based on the title was it about a little bit about not caring what others think and doing things. Yeah, definitely not caring about what others thinking, you know, sort of um, if it doesn't, if it doesn't directly affect you, then why are you wasting your energy caring about it if you can't do anything about it anyway? And then he said, you know, there are some problems that, you know, you really should, you know, he goes, if my mother got conned or something, yes, I'm obviously going to care about that because that's important, you know, stuff like, so something that happened down the road or like the car broke down you go well actually this has happened but am I going to waste my energy sort of really worrying about it probably not so um that was quite a good one I like that yeah so there are lots of good books and I, I think generally I would just encourage everyone to have a, you know you gotta read a little bit of reads spend a couple of hours in waterstones if you have to um mm. browsing through them you know it's a good good place to just just do that. But an interesting thing, I don't know what your take on this is, is that a few years ago when all these devices came on the market, you know, I thought everybody would just go Kindle basically. And uh, actually that's not happened. People still want a physical book. Um, I, I'm, I'm a hybrid. I have Kindle and I have yeah, mobile books. <laughs> I was literally just thinking about Kindle today because my friend has, uh, has got one book. What he's done is he, you know, the highlights from the books. So he basically exports them and keeps them as notes and I just think that is brilliant and it's, it's almost made me want to go and buy a Kindle um, because I've just listened to a book and only finished it the uh, Never Split the Difference which okay. is excellent and I can recommend it it's all on negotiation 
um, which I guess would fall under the personal development category, but is applicable in every area of your life. You know, they say about, you know, negotiating with kids or, you know, what time the bedtime is versus, and also in the same respect, uh, negotiating with a landlord or business or whatever it is. But um, so I've read it and I'm thinking, and as I'm listening to it, as I'm driving, thinking, great, so it's like great, really useful. Um, but now I've got to the end of it, I feel like I actually need to go back into a paper version and make notes and like actually study it. So I think that to me is like where the paper or the Kindle comes into it. Um, I have a question for you both actually. What, how do you find the balance between non-fiction and fiction? Because I love a good storybook and that's how I relax like in bed like having to read or when I'm driving to the gym I have an audio book but it's a storybook. So how do you sort of find the balance between sort of you know personal development business and you know property stuff and then you know actually being able to switch off and just sort of bury yourself in a thriller go on michelle I'll let you go um, well i think you know you just made the point there and how it's like you like the you know the uh the fiction book because it helps you relax so it's like why why are you doing it um you know yes you have that book for that purpose and you have another book for another purpose so if i want to learn about investing well uh i read one recently by tim matcham on um you know how to attract armchair investors because that's what i want to know about at the same time if i want something on negotiation i've read this book so uh i think there's you know why are you reading this <laughs> you know try and read something that's actually going to be useful to you right now and uh, you know yeah i think that's probably how to balance it for me um good. I am I'm well known for reading uh, um, fiction on holiday, uh, pretty much. And then uh, once I get into a book, and it's typically thrillers and stuff I, I read. So I've, I think I've read all of John Grisham's books, um, you know, and I'm well known on holiday for, you know, just relaxing by the pool and, and just saying to everybody, go away, go away. Because <laughs> okay. I will not get up until I've kind of, you know. You found out who did it. <laughs> Well, I've gone through it basically, and uh, yeah, and so I would just get totally immersed in it. Uh, the only problem is, is that obviously, you know, he writes thrillers. I tend to like reading thrillers. Uh, I'm always being told to switch off in terms of I've got a very active kind of brain. So I'm not sure reading thrillers at night time is actually helping me. <laughs> because, it, yeah, so I don't know what books, if you're going to read fiction, I'm not sure what books are going to be sort of, I don't know, calming and relaxing because thrillers by their very nature are, well, they're thrillers, aren't they? They're I'm the same as you. I love a good murder, love some crime, love a thriller. Yeah. And so I don't know, nighttime, I'm not sure they're relaxing, but yeah, I don't know what else I would read. I've not really uh, gone for anything, but outside of holidays, hmm, I'm not really sure. I mean, I tend to be, I suppose the same, a lot of it's the same with TV. I tend to watch more factual stuff, documentaries. I uh, don't watch the news particularly. Um, Who's in power at the moment? No, it's not that bad. No, don't. don't. <laughs> I don't. We'll probably have someone different again. So in yeah, the elections in two days for our listeners. Yeah, people ask me, they talk about the news and they're looking at me and say, didn't you not hear about that? I said, well, I don't really. I pick up on bits because, you know, mm. the car and the bulletin or something like that. You know, I do know who the prime minister is, but no, I don't religiously sit there. But I do like documentaries. And um, so my skew is always nonfiction. Uh, has been has been for a long time but yeah I, I do I do read a bit of a uh, bit of fiction uh, particularly on holiday and then I don't take any factual stuff with me at all uh, it is very much uh, you know spend time with the family and then you know get into 
uh, immersed into a good murder, good thriller, whatever it is. So yeah, that's, that's, that's usually uh, the balance. Okay, uh, should, we, should we wrap up there? Yeah, I think that's probably I, a good, uh, good place to finish. Um, any, before we leave, has anybody got any, not like any fiction books? that they particularly like to recommend. No? Just I'd say I'd like to recommend The Dry <laughs> by Jane Harper. I read it in four days. I could not put it down. There we go. Uh, the Richest Man in Babylon, is that is that fiction? Um, no, that's personal development. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. As I say, I don't... It's a very easy read. Yeah, I'm going to draw a blank there because... Uh, yeah. Fiction is not something I, I really we're boring, I suppose, isn't it? Really, so we're sort of so factually biased. Uh, so yeah, I can recommend a few non-fiction ones, but fiction ones I'm going to probably struggle, probably struggle with. Can I have a plug, please? I set up a, a Facebook group called Property Book Club, and it's not just property books; it's uh, personal development, anything. But people uh, just do every a review every now and then. It's like. Um, just, just you know, see what people are reading that are relevant to the property world. So, if you want to join Property Book Club on Facebook, you'd be very um, welcome. I'll join that now. <laughs> Do yeah, I think you invited me. I joined it, but sorry, I've not been on it at all. Now this time, <laughs> I wasn't even invited. <laughs> I was like, Raj, you're like, wait, make you know, you do these reviews. You can just repost them in there. There you go. Okay, I will uh, promise to go go on it. It's just you know, there's that many Facebook groups. I know. I've now started getting emails saying we recommend these <laughs> ten. The oh, <laughs> I'm not uh, be- before we leave, Raj, have you got anything that you'd like to plug at all? Um, no, I've just encouraged people to read, um, you know, um, and don't don't just rely on, you know, the sort of because the thing with books is is that depending on how they've been written, person can delve much more deeper um, into stuff. So, I, and I just I just don't want the books to be the book side of it, whether it's audio or whether it's a physical sort of physically bound one. I don't want people to just not think about reading those books and sort of think, oh, well, I sit on a webinar or I go to the local pin meeting and think that is a substitute. Those webinars and those pin meetings are snippets. Okay, they're top line stuff. And if you really want to delve deep into a certain sort of aspect of property, uh, I I still think books have got uh, a huge, and for the people who write write them, I mean, there's people write them for various different reasons, but the, the people who really take time out to write a really, really good book, you know, alluding to what I was telling, telling you about before. I think there's a, there's a lot to be gained. And quite a lot of these books now, because the technology is there, is uh, part of its self-promotion, which is fair enough, is they'll point you to their website where there's additional resources. And some people are very generous, you know, in terms of providing templates uh, and all the rest of it. Yeah, probably sort of plugging a course or the other, but, you know, it's, you don't have to go on that. And some of them are quite generous in terms of, you know, downloads you, you can get. And uh, so, yeah, so the only plug I would give is for people to keep thinking about books and don't sort of cross them off their sort of list as not necessary. Yeah, something like um, the difference between who you are today and who you are next year is the books you read and the people you meet. I'm going to try and make a New Year's resolution to read more non-fiction books. So I've read 30 fiction books, but have they, I mean, yes, they've added something to my life, but have I learned anything from them? Well, you've learned how to relax. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although sometimes you get stuck in like, because you get so into the book, you can't sleep. 
Um, yeah. So you're up until like three, just like page turning. <laughs> well, maybe alternate. That could be your New Year's resolution. Yeah, yeah no, no. If you, if well, you need personal development <laughs> stuff, you know, you can always come to us. We've got lots of. <laughs> <laughs> we will hold you to that. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty, well, thank you for joining us and have a good Christmas. And yeah, we'll happy see New Year. you all. Oh, yeah, Happy New Year, etc. And we'll see you all in 2020. Yeah, have a great time. Keep reading. Yeah, keep reading. Have, have a great festive break, you know, spend time with family and get together and all the rest of it. Great, great time of the year to just kind of, you know, reflect, sit back. Mm. And maybe if you can't think of a present, a book is a good idea. A book is a great idea. Yeah. It's a great idea. A book. No, it's interesting on a final note, I think people always say to me, oh, do you start, you, you give your book reviews a star rating? I said, well, not really, because I don't want to sort of slate anybody or, you know, somebody gets a two star or the rest of it. But they said, well, how do we know then? I said, look for some keywords in the last section, which is who is this book for? If I say it's a must read, or mm. definitely one for the bookshelf. There's there's your five star kind of thing. Yeah, because um, I've been reading your articles. I think well since I started my piano ones, I like three years ago, and I'm I definitely like can tell now which ones that you do like and which ones you didn't really like that much. <laughs> yeah, just be subtle. I say don't give them star ratings. I don't think that that would serve any purpose. But if I think it's really really good and put somebody's as I say taking the time. Uh, well, so we have one must read. What's your one must read for, for Christmas? I would say The Slight Edge, again, by Jeff Olson. I think anybody who's, you know, it's a mindset. It's a personal development book. Uh, it's not a new book. Uh, it's been out, you know, over a decade. So, and I think those books that stand the test of time, uh, I wouldn't say it's a classic in that sense, but I think it's, a, and there is a special anniversary edition that was released a few years ago, which had a bit more content in. I, I think that's, for anybody looking to do sort of anything, it doesn't have to be property, um, you know, just pushing themselves a little bit more. I think that's just a really, really good book that breaks it down, motivates you, keeps it real, um, you know, and, you know, discourages people from thinking about quantum leaps and all the rest of it. Because I think that can put people off, to be quite honest, that instant gratification, instant, there is no instant. Okay, behind the scenes, as he says, you know, it's like that duck, isn't it? Looks calm on the surface, but mm. under the water, the duck is paddling like, <laughs> and that's, that's what it is. That's what, that's what happens in any business. You know, you, look, you might look calm, but behind the scenes. So I think he brings a lot of that, lot of that out in a really nice way. So slight edge, Jeff Ols. Mm. Michelle, what's your most rude? I would say for people who are maybe in the day job and they don't want to be, and they're looking for sort of, uh, you know, just, another way than the four hour work week by tim ferris he's also uh, on my bookshelf my that i've not read <laughs> i've read that i don't know how many times and it really has uh, it massively helped me so it's got lots of like interesting ideas and gems of like quotes in there so uh, that's one i would recommend i'm going to throw a spanner in the works and i'm going to yeah. say everything i know about love by dolly alderton oh. um which is is a biography but she talks about um, sort of everything she's learned. I think she's about in her mid-30s now. Um, and it's basically to stop looking for love and to start appreciating the love that you've already got around you in the form of family and friends, which is it's quite nice. Oh, I like that one too. Cool. Right then, well, let's wrap it up and uh, say goodbye again. And happy new year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> happy Christmas, happy new year. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Bye.